I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we'll be discussing biographical drama Beautiful Boy as well as the twisty M. Night Shyamalan action thriller Glass and we'll also be looking ahead at the most exciting 2019 releases over the next few months. I'm Sam Howlett. This week I'm joined by regular contributor Kelly Powell. Hello. Culture Whisper film editor Ella Kemp. Hello. And Girls on Top's co-founder Louisa Maycock. Hello. Hi guys. Hello. Uh, now you're all here because you hate Timothy Chalamet and you think Famously he's a terrible actor and you're yeah. really surprised that he's pulled something good off. Is that yes, right? Yes, I need to tell the whole world because I think people like him and like his films too much. Good, I'm glad you're all here. We need to take him down a peg or two. <laughs> Not that beautiful if you ask me. <laughs> Average Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Great, I've got the right crew. Um, we'll shortly be hearing from uh, the director of programming for Curzon Cinemas, Damien Spandley, who will be talking to me about some of his favourite upcoming releases in 2019. But first, let's talk about Beautiful Boy. So, starring Timothy Chalamet as Nicholas Chef, who is a teenager that seems to have it all. He's a writer, an athlete, an artist, gets good grades, and has a loving family. But when Nick's addiction to meth threatens to destroy his future... His father, David, does whatever he can to save his son and his family. This is based on the true story, based on two biopics, is yep. that right? From Nick and his father, David. Two memoirs, yeah. Yep. So, guys, initial thoughts. What do we make of Beautiful Boy? Um, so, disclaimer, earlier, that was a joke. Yes. Um, we both really liked Timothy Chalamet, um, and I really like Beautiful Boy. And I really like it not just because of Timothy Chalamet. Ella and I found each other. Our first friend date was at a screening to Beautiful Boy. It was great. So it holds a special place in our heart and our friendships. Absolutely. Um, but I really like the film for many reasons. And I think it's getting a bit of a bad rep from both from people who have seen the film and people who haven't seen the film. I think it's very easy to judge the film on the basis of this is Timothy Chalamet's new film and, mm. you know, he, oh, beautiful boy, it's a fitting title and, <coughs> you know, all of those kind of things, which is true. But for me, I really appreciated seeing the true story unfold, which I didn't know about the chefs and I don't know much about meth addiction. Um, but I think it's directed in a really kind of different um, 
I don't say refreshing, but yeah, really special way where it kind of breaks down time a lot more. Mm-hmm. It breaks down stigma. It moves back and forth a lot, and I found it to be really, really affecting. Because it's not a film like Train Spotting, is it? No, not at all. So it's it's based on Tweak, which is Nick's memoir, and also Beautiful Boy, which is David's memoir, his father. So, it, but it, I, I would say it favours David's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David, who's played by Steve Carell, mm-hmm. so yeah. you've got him really leading the whole film, and I think he's on really terrific form, mm-hmm. and he's really, obviously, a more serious side of Steve Carell, but you can feel the pain as much as the love for his son, so it's yeah. kind of harrowing in a sense, but I don't find it too um, too dark as a film, mm-hmm. because I think Steve Carell is such a good presence to bring that kind of light where it, mm. where it needs to be. And the bond between them is like strong, very Amazing. strong. Their chemistry, so chemistry is so good. Um, and you do have, it's really believable, their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that makes it even more heartbreaking mm-hmm. when it does sort of break down. I think I think it, it's an interesting one from Steve Carell, given the rest of <laughs> what we've seen him in this year. He's I had think. a weird year. He's had a bit of a yeah. weird year. Yes. Marwin. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Marwin, uh, which is a film that, that exists. Happens. That happens. Vi- um, Vice happened. Vice, in yeah, a we'll big way. Vice next Definitely week, happened. which yeah. he has yeah. a huge presence in. And mm-hmm. now, yeah, now this, he's really, mm. he's not reinventing himself. He's just doing stuff that... I reckon he's just doing know. what he wants. He's just he's, like, yeah. well, you know what? He's got to the point in his career where he can yeah. cherry pick what just things that exactly. he enjoys. Exactly. He's like, oh, I want to make one that's going to make me laugh. Or like, I'm gonna just gonna bring up my acting job. Because mm. I've heard, I've heard lots of people who can't get past, you know, seeing him in a a, ser- a serious dramatic mm. role. Whereas I've never seen The Office, the US version, so uh. I came to this, you know, completely without that conception that he can only be funny. Mm. Mm. But he it, he is as well. Yeah, there are really lovely moments when I think some people I've read don't take him so seriously when he gets angry because of the way that Michael Scott in The Office gets angry. Or like Brick from Anchorman. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. he pretty much and shouts his way through that film. And exactly. When Steve Carell shouts, I automatically think of Brick from Anchorman. Yeah, there is a moment where that exactly. happens. I, really? I definitely, there is a moment. I definitely don't have that. just go loud noises? <laughs> yeah. I don't have that foundation. But I'm I sort think of... that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's I was, good. When I rewatched it last night, um, when he shouts, I found it so shocking. Yeah. But that exact same feeling as when your, you know, your relatively calm parent suddenly shouts at you. Yeah. And you have that sort of like drop in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a sign of a really good performance that, mm. you know, we all know Steve Carell, but it stays really surprising the whole time. And every mm. time it kind of shifts back into like, there's there's so many little funny moments, as you mm-hmm. say. And that comes as a surprise where you can hear his really recognisable laugh as he kind of like breathes and wheezes mm. his way through whatever he's doing. Mm. And then he does these moments where he shouts and then other moments where he doesn't say anything and he'll be completely still. And it's really heartbreaking. I mm-hmm. think he's terrific. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's very good in this. Do you know talk- who else is good? Oh. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, shall we talk about on. Chalamet? Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, he's really good in this film. I mean, he is vulnerable, human. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you <laughs> very much for this. <laughs> no, he's, he's brilliant. And I think that also he's extremely different from the character that he plays in Call oh, Me yeah. By Your Name. I mean, yeah. Because Quite I think... Opposite. Yeah, and um, I'd read some interviews that when he'd finished that, well, after that came out, he was mm. worried he'd never get a role as good as that again, and he was really worried about how everything was received. Um, for me, this is really terrific, and I don't know if the film is better than Call Me By Your Name, but I genuinely think that parts of Timothy Chalamet's performance are better than mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, and there's mm. so much that we didn't see in that film. Because he gets more of a range in Beautiful Boy. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. It's super dynamic in this one. Um, how he uses his eyes. It's amazing. He's, oh, he's brilliant. And I think... A, 
it's interesting because, as you say, it's favoured from the um, perspective, David's perspective um, from the book, which means that often David speaks more and you see mm-hmm. David doing more things. Mm. So naturally, Nick has less to do and you kind of just see him um, through the things that he's going through and putting his body through rather than choosing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think the way he performs with his eyes is really interesting and really important to kind of make that convincing. Well, I suppose as well, he's very much the supporting character in this, yes. in a way, even oh, yeah. though mm. the film is entirely about him and mm. everything that happens like is surrounding him. And like, so Well, yeah, I think he's the catalyst for, yeah. for, for so the story. So you need someone to really pull, for, the, for considering he's got shorter screen time than some mm. other people in the film, he's got to really pull everything into him. And I guess Chalamet is the one that can do that, mm. right? Yeah. I how, think. how did people find um, how narrative is? played out yeah very interesting yeah you mean I've, the time the I've way heard that it people in time. a lot of reviews saying that they couldn't you know that I mean it is confusing at some parts you're just like Ooh, and you kind of I, I, I found myself thinking like is it necessary but then after after the film had played out and and you know and, and obviously given that these are both musings of their memoirs and mm-hmm. like taken from you know personal memories uh i think that it's it's um an interesting way of 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 unfolding the story that it has affected them both in different ways um and also makes you realize that it is a retelling it is a memory of a painful time in these people's because it's not quite fragmented is it no it works it works there's still a flow Mm. yeah how the flashbacks and the the sort of sun dappled Mm. vignettes of the past come in Mm. because you would expect it to be more fragmented if you're you know, imagining what remembering a traumatic time in your life would be like. Exactly, yeah. Mm. I think it works. Definitely works. I think it's quite similar to the way that um, the director, Felix van Groningen, plays with time mm-hmm. um, in his other films. So I, I watched the Broken Circle Breakdown mm-hmm. in I preparation. I love that film. It's, oh my God, it's so upsetting. It's, it's great, <laughs> but I think film. it's really... Um, that, I think that one's very bleak. Totally. But watching that and then rewatching Beautiful Boy afterwards, it made me think. Do you know what? Beautiful Boy is very hopeful mm. and up, like it's, it uplifting it is. in a way. It's a, yeah, it's a hopeful film. Yeah, and like I was walking home last night afterwards, just thinking, this is like this is great. I'm I'm really glad <laughs> that we you know we're in a year where this is you know not necessarily a front runner for awards season, but it is on a lot of people's radar. And the screening we were at was completely sold out. And mm. you know the film's not out um, until Friday. Mm. And it's been spoken about yeah. a lot, for sure. And I think yeah. it's great that it's got such a high profile and we're quite yeah. lucky that Timothy Chalamet is a person involved. I don't think the film would be as good with lesser performances. Mm. So, you know. Or with his kind of weird cult following that can bring that crowd in to get to these, you know, these kinds of films. He's yeah. not making a huge, big budget blockbuster. Yeah, no, right. not yet. He doesn't, you know he's doing he's bringing his audience into these weird niche films yeah. and you can you know he cares about the topic of the film yeah, yeah. and the film's got the full support <laughs> of the real nick and david which oh is yeah great. they were massively involved yeah. i mean yeah. i think all the music that's used is very specific to them and their yeah. relationship yeah. Yeah. And, and you were telling me earlier when you were about the drawings yeah, yeah the brother did the Jasper, real brother yeah. yeah did all the drawings the for the film, film yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you go to the Curzon blog, so curzonblog.com, we have an interview with the real Nick and David and director Felix Van Groningen. So do check that out. Um, yeah, so Beautiful Boy, which is out in cinemas Friday. Right, so time now to turn our attention ahead. So I spoke to the director of programming, Damien Spandley, who you might know from uh, Our Man in Cannes episodes earlier in the year. We spoke about the films that we should be looking forward to coming up in February and March. Enjoy. 
so we're talking about what we're excited about coming up in uh, the first few months of 2019 um, and looking at the calendar we've got a big weekend ahead of us on the 1st of Feb so tell us what's coming out then and what we should look forward to. Well, it occurs and we're focusing on uh, three films over the 1st of Feb. Um, not unusual to have three movies that really work for us on that date. It's just one week ahead of the BAFTA Awards qualification week. Uh, it's a period of the year when we often have to make really tough decisions between uh, really great movies that are uh, you know, on release on top of each other, trying to battle it out for uh, you know, PR uh, and award interest um, and yeah I mean there's uh, the Green Book is the one that will well it's looking like the Oscar favourite this is the uh, this is the uh, film starring um, Vigo Mawson and Mahashala Ali from Moonlight, uh, which has been, you know, it's won the Toronto mm-hmm. Audience Award. It's a really great, feel-good racial drama. It's the story, uh, set in the uh, 60s uh, in the American South, and it's the story of a Italian-American uh, bouncer with some questionable mm-hmm. views uh, who is forced through his circumstances to drive uh, a black, uh, very sophisticated, educated yeah. pianist around the Deep South uh, as a kind of bouncer driver. And the story is really about their relationship and, uh, you know, and how his view of the world is challenged by the experience of his uh, client. It's uh, rather oddly directed by Peter Farrelly, <laughs> um, who's best known for the, you know, the Dumb and Dumber movies. Uh, very much, don't judge the film um, by his cover, because it's yeah. very much, uh, you know, um, much more intelligent, um, uh, liberal movie. It's co-written by the son of Viggo um, Morrison's real-life character, uh, and it's just thoroughly enjoyable. It's, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I actually saw it in Toronto, and it got a standing ovation, and it's, it's laugh-out-loud funny, and uh, uh, exactly the kind of film that, um, you know, that uh, both main- mainstream audiences and crossover audiences will enjoy. Um, on that same date, though, we also have Can You Ever Forgive Me, mm. which is picking up a bit of a was interest itself, particularly for performances from Melissa McCarthy. Um, again, a little bit of a fish out yeah. of water uh, film for her and uh, Richard E. Grant, who's been who's channeling his inner yeah. with Nail, you know. And um, and this is the uh, again, it's a, based on a real life story. Uh, about uh, Lee Israel, who was a uh, New York-based failing author who discovered an an opportunity in forging letters from famous Mm. literary characters and selling them, and and Richard E. Grant plays her partner in crime. And, uh, yeah, it's terrific. It it really is, actually. It's really great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, great, great. You know, to see those two sparring off each other, uh, it's got a, a really great sort of down and dirty sort of sense of humor to it and uh, I know that our audiences will really uh, really enjoy it and we're going to have Richard E. Grant on the show in a couple of weeks as oh well. that's terrific yeah, yeah no he's uh, yeah he's um, uh, I really hope that he does well in the uh, in the uh, with the with the awards he certainly deserves it and uh, I hear a really great guy as well uh, and then the other film that 
week is Burning, and Burning is already looking well for me personally, like my film of the year. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy it. This is the this is the South Korean drama that broke the screen international award, uh, critics grid during okay. Cannes. I mean, it got the highest uh, score from the, all of the critics um, during the festival and was the film that it was actually a little bit of a shock when Shoplifters won, although that is also a terrific movie, um, because it had the highest score that the critics grid had, had ever awarded. And uh, it's great. It's real. It's a real. It's a real discovery. It's uh, the story of these three young twenty-something characters um, in Seoul, and it sort of starts off as a, a sort of slacker drama in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, exploring, you know, where South Korea is uh, in terms of, uh, if you like, the sort of new South Korea with um, with the money and Western influences. Neither of the, none of the characters actually seem to have a job. Um, they, uh, and it, it sort of slowly builds into a sort of love triangle and then into a sort of Chandler-esque mystery. So it's a real sort of genre turner. And it has this um, sort of, subtext or metaphor for uh, for arson and burning that right. sort of runs through it and so a real you know it's going to be five star reviews it's um, it's very different from Green Book and can you forgive me um, and uh, what's quite interesting often happens is that sometimes a particular release date becomes powerful for a particular kind of okay. movie so last year we had Loveless on the first Friday of February right. and the year before Tony Erdman okay. and so it's no coincidence that Burning is the you know five star review yeah. movie that's chosen that particular date to okay. come out um, this year uh, and then uh, later on in the month um, again another film that the critics loved in Cannes last year and that's uh, Capernaum mm-hmm. and that's being released on the 21st of February and it's be, it's a film directed by Nadine Lerbaki who um, people will remember for Caramel which was 2007 yeah. very that's a really lovely uh, movie and this is a uh, it's a story it's a Lebanese um, drama about a 12 year old boy who sues his parents for uh, for uh, effectively for, for neglect I suppose right. I mean uh, uh, and it's uh, he's a street kid uh, his par- parents very ir- you know iris- very uh, ir- irresponsible and it's a really heartwarming quite emotional film uh, about him running away living on the streets mm. and trying to get by and then ultimately um, ending up in court after he's uh, arrested and uh, that's uh, that's that film is uh, the nominations aren't out yet the shortlist it's in the shortlist for the best foreign language mm. Oscar um, and I'm sure it'll make yeah. the, make the grade and then <clears throat> moving into March a film that we're very fond of uh, on the 8th of March is called Border and yeah. it, uh, it's like nothing you've really okay. seen before it's uh, it's I think it's best described as a sort of as a Nordic woodland uh, romance 
meets body horror or something okay. like that. It's awesome. uh, no, it is. It is great. Yeah. Uh, it's the story of this um, very unusually looking woman who is a who works in customs uh, ferry station, and she has this talent to smell crime on people walking down the corridor so she sits stands there each day sort of sniffing uh, potential suspects and then and when she smells something they pull people in and and always find something on them uh, and there's, there's actually this great scene where she they, they search this guy that she suspects of something and they can't find anything and then she smells his mobile phone and senses that there's something in the phone and wow. And ultimately, yeah, there's some uh, pornography on his SIM card. Uh, and then one day, this guy, a bizarre character, walks down the corridor and has very similar features to her. And she's drawn to him and sets her senses off. And she goes on this sort of journey of discovery as to why is she different? Why does she have these unusual uh, gifts? And yeah, there's uh, it's definitely a, a, a great weird wonderful journey okay. and and there's a there's a sex scene in it which I, yeah i've heard a lot yeah which scene, is yeah. yeah so that's that's going to be a really strong title yeah. it's the same it's based in the book by the writer of let the right one in correct it? Yeah. yes it is okay. yeah yes it is so if you do need some kind of access point to it then that's yeah. a, that's a great that's a great it one. sounds like they've got that combination of like modern day social you know, exploring relationships in one day with this kind of horror fantasy element layered on top. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes those films are, are sometimes they confuse audiences because yeah. they're not kind of sure what, you know how what to it? access yeah. it. What is it? You know, is it is it a horror? Is it a romance? Um, you know, it's all of these things, and that's great. You yeah. know, let's let's celebrate that. And um, um, you know, someone's testing genre boundaries, which is great to see. Uh, on the same date. We'll be supporting a film called Everybody Knows, which mm -hmm. is the new Ascar Fahadi, yeah. um, who occurs uh, audiences will be very familiar with uh, for, in terms of, you know, he, he directed The Salesman, um, which won the uh, foreign language Oscar last year. Uh, was it the year ago. before, it was wasn't the year, it? The year before. I think it was between that and Tony Erdman. <coughs> yeah, it was a fantastic was woman last year, of yeah. course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this, this is um, uh, Penny Cruz and Javier Bardem. It's a, it's a more mainstream film for him. Okay. Uh, it's I mean it's a genre film in a sense in that it's a, it's sort of a mystery, and it's about uh, this fantastic wedding at the beginning of the film, yeah. which is a classic sort of Fellini, beautifully filmed um, uh, wedding, where and a, a, a young a uh, girl from the wedding goes missing and in the course of this crime the local community old rumors old relationships um you know fissures within the community yeah. start to open up and uh yes yeah, so that's a, a i mean that's you know that's a that's a really strong one that we'll be playing fairly widely across the circuit um and also on the 8th of march i should also mention uh, the kindergarten teacher mm which uh, is uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, it's actually a, a, a remake um, of, a, of a film which I think may have been Middle Eastern. Okay. I can't, I can't quite remember. Yeah. Um, but basically, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays... Uh, she's terrific in it, actually, and um, uh, well worth the price of admission herself. And she plays a nursery school teacher um, who has a very 
passionate love of poetry and in a very young boy that she is uh, is the ward of she see she he starts writing or coming up yeah. with these phrases that really blow her away okay. and in her quest to draw out this poetry from him and to have him uh you know recognize i mean he's you know he's a small child he doesn't really know what's happening she kind of crosses the line and okay. uh, and into sort of obsession and sort right. of inappropriate behavior so it's a kind of sort of quite a uh powerful psychodrama yeah well we have an interview with maggie gyllenhaal as well coming up on the podcast that oh week. great i'd love to hear yeah. what she has to say about that yeah i mean i think it's a career best performance okay, well. from her it's a great period to be a to be a lover of film and uh, I just wish that for us that these films were spread out a little bit more across the year. Um, but, you know, I we can't complain. I mean, as you can see, just from the films we've discussed today, the, the choice is phenomenal. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Great. Uh, guys, what are you looking forward to? In the next few months so kind of stuff we're now in the period as me and damo said this is the period where the things you've seen last year at festivals are now coming out for awards season and it's like the post festival season run what did you see at lff that you're really looking forward to coming out and seeing again and seeing with a bigger audience well it wasn't at lff but um i have to mention the trailer for high life dropped this week mm. Mm -hmm. the first trailer and that is something that i'm Frothing fool. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Having seen it at TIFF, I can confirm I am frothing to see it again. Okay. It's so good. I can't wait. It looks like there's yeah. a lot of frothing in the film as well. Yeah, yeah can you confirm. Yeah. yeah. Not untrue. I'm looking forward to uh, Birds of Passage, mm. uh, which I saw at LFF and really loved. I want to see that again. Um, and uh, In Fabric. Oh, I, I really want to see, see that again. I like, ever since, yeah, I ever since wait. I saw that. I've heard some it. excellent things about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have an interview with Peter Strickland as well. So yeah. I can't wait for that one. Mm -hmm. So time now to move to our second film of the episode. This is Glass by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Continuing both the stories Shyamalan started with Unbreakable in 2000 and Split from 2017, we see grounded superhero David Dunn, Bruce Willis, ending up in a psychiatric ward with his old nemesis, Mr. Glass, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and the new threat in the form of Kevin Wendell Crumb, also known as The Horde, who is James McAvoy from Split. This film sounds completely insane when I explain it like that. <laughs> um, uh, so it's a weird combination. So it's a really weird film because it's a sequel to two films. It's not really the third. It doesn't feel like the third part. It feels like it's one sequel yeah. to two films. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so it's merging these two films together in one universe. Um, Kelly... We saw this last week. Yeah. I saw Unbreakable years ago mm -hmm. and it's a film I really love and I've been watching for many, many years. <laughs> I really enjoyed Split as well. Mm -hmm. You saw Unbreakable for the first time last week and then immediately went into Glass. Yeah. How was that for you? I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good way to, to go to go about it because yeah. I was very excited. Um, I watched, yeah. I, so, I, so I saw Split just sort of like on its own. And then obviously when uh, Bruce Willis showed up at the end, I was like, what the heck is going on? Why is Bruce Willis at the end of this film? I didn't, I knew nothing about Unbreakable. Mm. And then obviously people explained it to me and I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, and then in prep for the uh, press screening, I was like, I don't know, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. Um, and then I w- watched it and loved it. And I yeah. was like, Gah! now I've got to watch the last 15, 20 minutes of splits to remind <laughs> myself what the hell happened, which I did. Yeah. And then I went to glass and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for this film. I really enjoyed so it. So did I. I really no one else enjoyed does. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, I didn't have any expectations. Uh, I just kind of went in with the idea of like, you know what? I just want to be entertained and entertained I was. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of, because Unbreakable is a very sad, very slow superhero film mm-hmm. that isn't really about superheroes. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really sort of well-tempered and um, holds a lot back and then splits just like you know everything's thrown at the screen it's like someone's screaming at you for a long time Mm. Um, and so combining those two tones I think is a really tricky task it doesn't work all the way through the film Mm -hmm. um, but I think it manages to put it off for me I think they're all seeing Bruce Willis in in this reprise this role yeah um, as a as an older gentleman (laughs) um was so great just to be yeah. like how how is it and also just getting to imagine what his life sort of was like <laughs> since this sounds it. insane i know nothing it about this franchise this film is insane this is should i catch up and then go yeah. and see yes, it oh yeah. yes definitely i mean it's for a bit of fun. i mean given how many superhero films we have nowadays and how many come out and and the hype around it and how serious it it all is and you know even though it's like action figure comic book figures um everybody takes it very like oh no this is a universe and everybody's like which is cool i really enjoy it but it's also uh, interesting to watch a film about the concept of superheroes that sort of was an idea 20 years ago 15 years ago whenever it came out and just go oh that's that's a that's an interesting take and also he was focusing on superheroes at a time when they weren't so in the mainstream and then coming back to that concept in the today's time and then exploring sort of oh what actually why are we obsessed with these these figures and like i just i'm not in a serious way just in a like oh that's that's a cool concept to think about yeah. differently so know? is it kind of self-aware and does it does it poke fun at the concept of... i think it does yeah a little bit yeah it's yeah. very they it's a little bit like scream in the way that you have characters openly talking about superhero tropes and conventions meta very meta it's very pomo yeah in fact I, <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 um the end credits of that film are like shards of broken glass and i was like it was super deconstructed (laughs) (laughs) it's quite a pomo film (laughs) Uh, we've also got sarah paulson uh in this one anya taylor joy returns from split Mm -hmm. um bruce willis's son from unbreakable is back in it you know it's a lot of returning characters and actors from these other films yeah also how weird is Shyamalan's career now like this because it kind of he kind of came back with split and now he's done this and he's it's so weird and also this is distributed by disney I'm not uh, so Disney, when you look at it online, it Disney says Disney film. Touchstone, right? Yeah. Touchstone. D- Touchstone was Disney's kind of like adult. Okay, studio. Yeah. right. Because when you just look online, I was like, the, they did the Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Okay, cool. But they don't really do much anymore. But this is their kind of return to. Interesting. So yeah, uh, go and see Glass because it's uh, it's a, it's it's really fun. I yeah. think it's really fun, and like I said, it, I'm glad that people the Shaman's still making these sad superhero films <laughs> about people that don't really want to be superheroes and. Yeah. 
He's and also yeah. James McAvoy is having so much fun as this same character from Split. Exactly. And that's really entertaining to watch mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so that is Glass, which is out today. Um, we should also mention Little White Lies ran a competition to design a beautiful boy cover. And you can see all of the different artworks on display in Curzon Soho. Uh, so do check that out uh, for free. And on Curzon Home Cinema this week, uh, we're the winner of the Sundance Jury Award for Best First Feature from last year's festival, that is Monsters and Men, which looks at the impact of the murder of a black teenager by a policeman through three different viewpoints. Uh, and it stars John David Washington, who we saw this year in Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any thoughts on Beautiful Boy, Glass, or any other recent release, do let us know by emailing podcast at curzon.com for next week's show or tweeting us at Curzon Cinemas. You can subscribe, leave review and comment. We are available on iTunes, Acast, Spotify and any other podcast listening device. You can follow Ella Kemp. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at EFE Kemp. Cool. And do you have anything you want to plug? I've spoken to a lot of um, Timothy Chalamet fans who are not hysterical teenagers. Mm. I put that in quotation marks. <laughs> um, but we're not adults. teenagers, though. So we're, not, we're not teenagers. You are hysterical. I mean, <laughs> speak for yourself, Sam. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but this week I've been speaking, well, in the past few months I've been speaking to quite a lot of adult fans of all ages, okay. um, which you can read later this week on Refinery29. Great. I've do read it and it's very good. Do Thank Timothy you. Chalamet fans have a name? Don't think. I think they do. I think they do when they are Chalabays. <laughs> I think whichever journalistic outlet or uh, fan is talking about them, they will have different names. Okay. Yeah. The ones I spoke to called themselves Stanmars because they're like slightly older, but yeah. Stans. Stanmars. Okay, Louis, what's happening in the world of girls and tops? We've recently launched um, Read Me, which is an editorial section of our website, mm-hmm. which. Um, money from the t-shirts we um, commission uh, female-led film writing so you can find that on our website which is girlsontopstees.com excellent well thank you guys for coming on the show uh, we'll be back next me. week we'll be talking about vice with the writer and director adam mckay so very excited about that uh, goodbye from kelly powell bye goodbye from Alfie. bye goodbye from louisa maycock goodbye it's goodbye from me thank you very much for listening Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Oh no. Yeah.